Bill Simmons hosts the most downloaded sports podcast of all time with a rotating crew of celebrities, athletes, media staples, and a slew of other friends and family members who always happen to be available. Check out the Bill Simmons podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Like Mourinho in the all or nothing. Yes. You know, I had to sacrifice wings for the sake of the family. <laughs> <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome to Writer's House on Ringer FC. Hope you are all safe and well. Today, we're going to talk a bit about the provisional 33-man England squad. The final day of the Premier League at Match of the Day, which is always quite good fun. I'm going to give flowers to, to Robert Lewandowski. Bobby Lev, I call him. No one else does, but I do. After he brought Gerd Muller's 49-year-old Bundesliga goal-scoring record and maybe a couple of other things as well. And my guest is the man that makes it all happen. I wouldn't be here without him. I love him, man. Ryan Hun. Uh, well, I was going to say, you've got uh, Steve Koppel on the show. <laughs> <laughs> right. Come on, man. People don't know. They don't need to know. People don't know, but we know what you mean. How are you? I'm really good, man. Rocking the new Arsenal get up. Did you like it? So good, man. I saw you playing golf the other day. What are you playing? What are you playing golf in the hail for? Uh, can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? So, me, me and Incy um, are up against Les and, and 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 Tim Sherwood, Les Ferdinand, Les Ferdinand, and Tim Sherwood, and we get to the 18th, bro. And this is where sometimes I say, okay, it, God must have the ump with me. We're one point behind. You know what I mean? I'm on the edge of the green for two. I'm probably going to putt up. Make a two part. I think I got a shot on there. I think Incy might have got one as well because he plays off of eight. I play off seven. And you play off seven? Yeah. No way. Play off seven, bro. Whoa. (laughs) But can I just say, the heavens opened. I saw it. It was was a biblical, it was a biblical, like, like, it was just hailstones bro and I it said was like, it was like Thomas Party was doing shooting practice over the other side of the trees <laughs> that's what it was like okay, okay, just, honestly it came down so hot and I was saying no but then what happened was I said no I could still putt let me get and do it see if I could putt it in time and by the time I finished looked at what I was doing the stones just like totally blocked the whole of the of the green so we couldn't I, but I refused to I refused to stop and run and take cover because what people don't understand is that when you're a footballer and, you know, you might be going about your everyday business and you look outside and you're seeing torrential rain, there's footballers somewhere during the season standing there doing shadow play, just getting drenched like drowned rats. So mm. it's something where you don't even think about when weather comes down like that. When you've got footballers on the golf course, the only time they'll come off is if people give them a lightning walk. Listen, you've got to come off. Because... When it's, when it's just wet and it's just raining, footballers ain't bothered about that. Mm. 
you know, you're not bothered about when it comes down like that. So although, although I had all my clothes on and everything, that's the last thing I was worried about. I was thinking about sinking that putt, man. <laughs> elite. And I that missed elite it. mindset, man. I missed it. But oh. like, in the, in, 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 <laughs> of course I missed it. I couldn't even get to the hole. I tried to clear a path for the hole. England have announced the squad. Yes. Well, the 33, the provisional 33. Oh, Gareth cat, catfished us. We recorded late today because we thought we were getting the proper squad. <laughs> and then and he's he like, catfished us. <laughs> like, provision, like, it was like Salt Bay sprinkling a little bit. It was just like provisional. It's almost like, man squad. yeah, he's, um, I think like me and Roscoe was talking about it because I was very excited about doing it today, right? You know, I had a real kind of like, I had my narrative and everything and seeing who was going to be and who weren't going to be. Mm. And when you look at what's happened, the games that's coming up, what he has to wait for, the two finals he has to wait for, wait for. Totally understand. Good point. Totally understand. You know, yeah. but... Um, I suppose because there are a lot of English players in those finals. A lot so of English players, yeah. yes. Champions League, um, Europa. And it's a, t- it's a time, right, where if you're in and around the squad, I remember being in and around it. And obviously, like I've mentioned on many occasions, missing out. I, can mm. I just t- t- tell you the time like, how I missed out on all of them go on right so 1990 I played in the FA Cup final for Palace and if I started the second game Bobby Robson takes me to the 1990 World Cup because yeah he was gonna he was gonna he was gonna bring me in didn't know how fit I was but I scored the two goals and we thought that that was gonna force me in so when Steve Koppel says that Bobby Robson was was asking about his fitness and this and that. It, it, it's devastating. It's devastating not to be wow. able to have made that one. So I didn't make that one because of fitness. In 92, you know, when you're, you're actually, 92 Sweden, <clears throat> when you're actually playing in a season, remember I, st- I signed for Arsenal, shitting myself when I signed for Arsenal because I'm thinking I've got to score goal. I've got to make mm. it happen. I won the golden boot and mm. didn't get selected in 92. Bloody Lineker. No, honestly, they took Lineker, Alan Smith and Alan Shearer. You know what I mean? I'm not going to argue with who he took, but I don't believe that I should have been actually left out. Um, and 94, we didn't qualify. 96, mm. I played in all the games right up to the last game before they went to Hong Kong. Said he's going to call me. Never heard from him again. So I missed out on 96 and I've told the story where the golden goal was mine to, to, to give England the glory. Didn't give me the opportunity for it. And then in 98, when I... Um, you know, I knew that I was going because Glenn Oddle told me I was going. I was going to get 45 minutes the first half. Michael Owen was going to come on in the second half. And 35 minutes, done my hamstring. Mm. And that's the thing about when you get into this level of being involved with England and then there's a tournament coming up, you know, you can't help but worry about mm. getting injured. Um, but when you look at this 33-man squad, and the fact that we have got players who are playing in, in those games. You look at who can benefit. I think someone like, like Saka, uh, uh, Bakayu, you know, if God forbid anything happens to, to, to Luke Shaw or that, then, you know, he's probably going to be involved. Chilwell, you know, Champions mm-hmm. League final. You know, so I'm not saying that he, you, you don't sit there thinking, oh, if anything, you just think to yourself, gosh, I could be in there. Could he be in there anyway? Do you, yeah, could, do you need three guys that can play left back? I think the reason he goes is because of his flexibility or versatility. And maybe, maybe because of his age as well. Because you can't tell me that from watching Saka's progression up to this point, that he won't be involved in Qatar as long as he carries on. Oh, you know what I mean? Dude, those, so, that squad in Qatar is going to be oh like... Oh gosh, it's going to be... It's going to be gangster, man. I just wrote a piece, little little plug. I put a piece up about the Bundesliga end of season review and I didn't even mention Jude Bellingham in it because there was too much other stuff to cover. But if I was doing a Bundesliga team of the year, Jude Bellingham would be in my Bundesliga team of the wow. year. Wow. Honestly, 100%. He'd be in there probably with Joshua Kimmich in midfield. Mm. That's how good he's been this season. So there's, there's a thing with like the young guys. Like for example, I don't think it would be massively harsh if Mason Greenwood didn't no, go no. In, the, in the eventual squad but, but I think that he's 19 years old mm. and I know that Bellingham is 17 and Bakayo Saka is what 19, 19 yeah. now but still I think that they've played to such a level yeah. and the positions that they're needed in are I think yeah like I say Saka's versatility 
being able to play either side on the mm. on the flanks, mm, left back or left back, mm. could really help. Yeah. But also, there's a there's a thing to be said about how like international teams are tricky because I think a lot of the time people kind of just base it purely off form as opposed to like how it fits. Mm-hmm. I think the fit is really important. So we don't really know, like, I mean, what, Southgate's been playing predominantly a back three. Mm-hmm. But I spoke to him with that massive chat what he had to have with everybody. I think mm-hmm. he, he wants to play four with the two. In so front if he the- plays a four, then that completely changes who they might potentially use. Because for example, like Chilwell and, Chilwell and James have been used to playing in a, used to playing in a three. three yeah. uh, Trippier has been used to playing in a four. Mm-hmm. Likewise, that affects maybe like Mount. Luke Shaw plays in a four. Luke Shaw plays in the four, so maybe he's the first choice left back. I'm just, to be honest, I think he, he should. Would, yeah. if, if it's a four, he should be anyway. Mm-hmm. But then that means that in midfield, you can kind of go to a two mm-hmm. and allow for maybe like Bellingham and if he's fit, Declan Rice. Yeah. Or well, it's going to be Rice, Rice or, and one other, isn't it? Yeah. It's Rice and one other, depending on Henderson's um, fitness. but and, and, and Phillips, you know, fingers crossed that he can get through. But now, if everyone's fit, Bellingham has to go, I think. Oh, 100%. I think he's been England's most consistent performing centre midfielder this season. And the thing is, he's, he's come up against some real tests this season. For example, like he went toe-to-toe with Bayern, wasn't mm. scared. He went toe-to-toe with City and Sevilla in the Champions League. And those teams are not, no slouches. Mm. Like Sevilla, Sevilla got their record uh, La Liga points tally this season. Mm. You know, and he, he, he was amazing you, in that time. You know what as well, Ryan? I remember when, remember when, um, when he was leaving Birmingham and there was a massive furore about, mm-hmm. you know, they retired his shirt. You know, remember we're talking about a 17-year-old. I don't think that's ever happened in the world of football. The 17-year-old's shirt's re- retired. People were ridiculing Birmingham and their outpouring of love and how he's going to be this and he's going to be that. And we're talking about not even a year. He's special, man. We've seen him. We saw him against City. You know, we saw him come on for England. We've seen him in, um, in the Bundesliga now. And we know he's the real deal. And I just feel really happy for the Birmingham mm. fans who they literally went all in, black or red, they went yeah. all in on their number, on Bellingham. And what I'm pleased with them, for them is, is that they're, they're right. Because yeah. what I've seen of him up to this point and you know when you get a player who goes to the World Cup or goes to his tournaments and literally just, like, like what Gaza did, literally take it by the scruff of the neck because I don't care who I'm playing against, I'm doing my thing. He's got that. He's got that. He won't, he won't fear anyone. No, That's no. the thing in that tournament. He won't fear anyone in the Euros. And I have not seen... I've not seen a 17-year-old with this kind of maturity on and off the pitch for as long as I can remember. Mm. On and off. The off the, of, you, you're, you said on and off the pitch as well. I think that, yeah, that's the, that's the key word, off the pitch as well. Because when he's interviewed post-game, he, he, you, can still, you can tell he's got a little bit of mischief about him because he'll, you know, like he was talking about his younger brother, how he wouldn't play for Schalke already. So he's really bought into that mm. kind of like Dortmund-Schalke rivalry. But he just... I don't know, man. He just seems to really relish being in the Bundesliga. And like I say, he's, he's passed every single test in front of him this season. Even the kind of slight rashness mm. that came in for the red card he got. Right. I think that's a big learning curve. I noticed that immediately after that, that he started to channel his aggression a little bit more after that. Right. Can card. you imagine, right, that you're 17. So every, we're talking about, he's, he's in school for a year, two, two and a half years ago. He's in school, right? Can't, le- can't legally have a beer in the UK. Honestly, right? Can't legally have a beer. Can in Germany though. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking at somebody that every single day in training and that is what he's getting as a 17-year-old, what he's learning now, like you say, how mm-hmm. quickly he's realised how he's channeling now. Can you imagine what he's going to be like in five years' time, right? You know, when you look at the injuries we've had, we've, Rice is injured. He's come back now. He's he looked okay um, last. Henderson, Still not played, but it probably it probably takes Henderson. Yeah, and you're hoping that Phillips, as well, you know, with that shoulder injury, which he had another, he had one of those in October. You're hoping that he's going to be all right. They're all not 100 percent fit, and we've got a someone like Jude Bellingham who looks ready to go, and with his exuberance, the exuberance of youth, mm. you just really feel like you almost feel like you've got a secret weapon 
on the rest of them. You feel like you've got a secret weapon. So I'm, I'm hoping because you know when 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 you go to a World Cup or it's never the team you you think you start with that you end up with. Mm. Someone comes out of somewhere. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me for sure if if he just was the breakout. Yeah, been coached by Edin Terzic all year, who's obviously got Croatian heritage, mm-hmm. and um, you know was number two to Slaven Bilic for a while. Yeah, at West Ham and Besiktas. So uh, all of the Croatian lot will be on the phone to him about Bellingham mm. for sure if he plays, and Sancho as well. Remember, because yes. Sancho's been integ- Sancho's form since Christmas has been unbelievable. I think that injury break what he had has really worked out for yeah. him. And you look at the form of Sterling, um, you know who probably will start. Right, I but mean, Sancho yeah. is really pushing to start, bro. That's what you want. You want people finishing the season, right? Like, you know, just ready to go with that break what he's had. Yeah, I think, I think it really, really depends on the relationship with the fullbacks. So Sancho, he had an amazing partnership with Hakimi at Dortmund before Hakimi went to Inter. Mm-hmm. And he kind of struggled a little bit with Thomas Mounier and then Matteo Mori, who came in at right back Dortmund. And Dortmund experimented sometimes with a three and then a four and mm-hmm. stuff. So he clicked really well with Rafa Guerrero on the left. So, for example, I think he'd be amazing with Luke Shaw. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I think he'd be amazing if Ben Chilwell plays it in a back four. Because I think Ben Chilwell's a great left back. He played, like in, the four for Le- played in the four for Leicester. Mm-hmm. He's done it. Mm-hmm. And down the right-hand side, I personally think it's got to be Trippier. And if it is Trippier starting, then I think him and Sancho will click really well. Mm-hmm. But again... Southgate's got to take into account who's played well together for England and stuff yeah, like that. And yeah. I think there are a lot of there are a lot of little partnerships here who maybe haven't played together that much. But if I if it came down to fitting Sterling and Sancho in the in the side, I don't, you, you couldn't do them both, right? Not with not with the form of Foden. And I well, still, this is the thing. I would I would actually I would actually honestly I'd play Foden and Sancho as my two. Mm. If I think they've had better seasons. And I think that it's important, right, going into um, a tournament. You, you want to go in coming off of a good season. Mm. You, want, you want to go in on that because it just gives you, it gives you an impetus. It gives, and everybody else can see the momentum. Everybody else can feel it. And that can, that can seep into other players' games as well. Mm. You know, I wanted to just quickly, right, talk about a couple of omissions. Mm. And obviously Bamford, you've got to feel for him. Danny Ings, it kind of like, you really feel like sometimes the stars don't align for you because mm-hmm. when Danny Ings hit his form before the pandemic and that, and if the, if the Euros happened when it should have happened, Danny Ings probably goes to the Euros, mm-hmm. right? So then it doesn't happen. So that, now Danny Ings has missed out. I think Tarkovsky, Ezri Konsa, and for me, the biggest omission is Tamori at mm. AC Milan. Um, he's brought in Ben White, which I've got no problem with. When you look at Ben White's form for Leeds, and then he's continued it at Brighton, he's played very, very well. The one thing I have a problem with is that there have been enough games of the kind of stature where you can introduce a player like Ben White to the see how he fucking interacts with the other players, see what he's like around the top end boys, see how mm-hmm. he carries himself, bring him in then. Same with Tamori. Tamori made the squad at one stage. Now you've got people like, you've got a legend like Paolo Maldini saying that they, wanna, they want him and they want to build their, their, their team on him, their defence on Tamori. And he can't make the 33. When we are, let's face it, when, when, we, when, you have the, when you have that chat with, with, um, with Gareth, like we all had to have, like the pundits speak to him and that, you know I mean? Obviously I was talking about forwards and stuff like that, but the one thing that I would have, wish I would have said was, how, how do you go about saying, right, let me bring him in for this game because the games are not hard, man. These World Cup qualifiers, the Euro qualifiers. Have a look at these players, man, because how Tamori can't even make the 33? It's beyond me now. So he went to Milan, what, in January? Mm. Played 90 minutes every game apart Mm. from four. Mm -hmm. One of them, I think he was, I think he came off injured Mm -hmm. or he got subbed. He was on the bench three times. But apart from that, he was... He's playing. 
Yeah. But centre-back for England is the one where I struggle with the most out of any other position. I think it's it. our weakest positions. I would agree, I think. I would agree. Right. I think that we've become, sorry, so I think no. we've become so technically brilliant in so many positions where we weren't for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, check me out saying we. No, I never we, say we about Arsenal on the, <laughs> uh, when I was talking about Stadio and now I've got all patriotic. Brexit means Brexit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I think John Stones is obviously, I personally think he's the, it's him plus one in that back two. But like if, if Harry Maguire was fit, it would be Harry Maguire plus one. But now we don't know how fit he's going to be. We don't know if he's going to even play. Mm-hmm. And Gareth well, Connor, has... Connor Cody's a good shout. Connor Cody, yeah, but what? In a three or a four? You know, he's, he's a three. He plays in the three. Mm. Again, the system is important here. There are going to be a lot of opinion pieces when this squad gets nailed down to 26. I'm, I'm going to say from Gareth, like he did catfish us um, because I came armed. You know what I mean? I picked up everything in the game. You know, in all the war dubs. All, I picked up everything. And, you know, I was coming here thinking, yes, right, we're going to, we're going to go to town and see what's happening. And he's kind of left us. Okay. Right. All right. When we'll wait, I don't blame him because I believe that we have to, because like I say, we've got them two big games, but I just, I, I just want something that's more definite. So as I can, I can say, right, this and that. And then you start seeing more of a pattern. It's like, we have to look for, at the top end because mm. Harry Kane, fine. Calvert-Lewin looks like, yeah. But then you've got, like we mentioned quick, quickly, we mentioned Greenwood and Watkins. Now, you know, are they two players that he can not bring both of them? Because Greenwood, maybe what he can bring him and he could bring him for tournament experience. He might even get, a, you don't know. Watkins is somebody that gives us what the others don't give us naturally. Yes, maybe Calvert-Lewin can stretch a team and go and hold it. I'm doing, but Watkins gives you a stretching of a team and scores the kind of goals um, that, are, like Harry Kane scores them. He can get out there. We saw what a goal he scored against Arsenal when he went right in the corner flag, cut inside and curled it in. We've seen Watkins get the ball, do a bit, use his strength and, and score a goal. Whereas Calvert-Lewin is in the box, needing to create to get the chance. Um, Green were the same. He could get the ball, do a little bit and, and score a goal. And that's what we're going to need from people who are coming off that bench. So if we look at those two, right, and one of those had to go, who are you taking? It's a tricky one. I think it might, um, it might depend on Grealish. Wow. Like how, how important Grealish is going to be or how integral Grealish might be to the England squad. Because if, he's, if, if Gareth Southgate, for example, is like, I want Grealish from the start most games and I want him for most of, most of the game, 90 minutes of What, you think Grealish was start? He might. I don't think well, no, 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 I don't. But I okay. think that if, for example, if Gareth Southgate is thinking that, then he might be like, well, him and Ollie Watkins have had such a great partnership this mm. season. Maybe Watkins is worth the take. Quickly, just on the way Grealish is, because he has got X Factor, he probably, could you imagine Grealish and Sancho? I could imagine Grealish with anyone I think this is where like game management comes in a lot of the time for the, for the tournaments. And I think, for example, introducing Grealish to tired teams mm. could cause serious carnage, I think. Because like, imagine just... I think Watkins' you know, natural being, game as well, he could do you, the same. Imagine being knackered and then mm. seeing those calf muscles coming at Jesus you. Jesus Christ. And you're like, oh man, make it stop, please. You know what I mean? Season. I don't know, man. I, I, I personally think Ollie Watkins won't go. Mm. There's too many unknowns at England level in there. What do you mean up, up top, apart from Harry Kane? I think, yeah, yeah. And I think- And even with Foden as well, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, but what about Foden's experience at, I know it's a, a, a level, like the youth level, and he's the World Cup winning captain for us, but we're talking about top end players this, he played yeah. it. And so we're talking about somebody who's gone to the latter stages of a competition, won it, and will not be overawed by whatever he comes up against. And remember the kind of environment that Phil Foden has grown up and, and worked in and the manager he's working under. There is nothing that can frighten Phil Foden now in respect of oh, yeah. nothing. I think no. that he goes into, if I'm going to be totally honest, if we're talking about sheer, like, yeah, man, bring it. I'd say 
Sancho has that. Grealish has that. Foden has that. Bellingham has that. I'd say Declan Rice as well, to be honest. Declan Rice has that. Mason Mount. Mason Mount. They've got that. We've got, we've got, I think, you know, even Saka, our Saka, they've got that. Yes. Okay. You bring in that. Okay. Then you bring that and I'll, I'll bring that as well. And I'll raise you this. Those are the players we've got now. We've got mm. those players. We could speculate about who's going to start and stuff like that, but we don't, but then seven have got to go. You know, I, I love talking about England at any, I, 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 I love it, right? I think it's simply because I missed out on so much. And you, when the tournament comes around, I literally get into being involved mode. I literally will never, I will never get over the fact that the golden goal in 96 was literally made for me. I will never get, I won't. I can't, I, I was meant to be Beerhoff. Beerhoff took my dream. <laughs> Oliver Beerhoff took my dream. That dream was there for me because I could see myself warming up, coming on, the England fans singing Ian Wright, singing my name at Wembley. They would have loved to see me coming on. Oliver Beerhoff took my dream. Have you spoke to him about it? I've got, at some stage, I will speak to him about it. When, you come, to, when you come to Germany, we'll go to the DFB office and we'll go, march in and be like, I'm Ian Wright. <laughs> But I'm here to see Oliver Beer. <laughs> I'm here to, he took my dream. Yeah. So every time a tournament comes around, right, mm. I'm literally, I, I get the shivers, I get everything. You're hyped for it. Massively hyped. Yeah. All right. So we'll see which seven. Feels like X Factor. Which seven? Oh, seven must go. <laughs> Find out next week on Riley's House. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Right, so... You know, obviously, like the Premier League's over. Um, it's over. Pep was teary. It was. Um, how did you find that? Pep's tears. Yeah, and and the old situation, and looking at how Aguero was and how Pep was. Can I tell you what my what my like in like what I feel? What's the word I'm looking for? My instincts. Te- my instincts and what my take on it is. Got feeling. Yeah, is that. And this is pure speculation. All I would say is, is that I get the impression that the start of the season when th- things were going, how it was going, and then, you know, they started to do the false nine and everything's, I think that they made a decision then to say, listen, Sergio, thanks very much, but we're probably not going to sign you again. Mm. And, you know, as things have gone on, it's transpired, da, 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 and it's got to a stage, like when I saw those tears and Pep, it's almost as if somewhere along the line he's changed his mind, but like Aguero's gone, no, 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 no. That's it. My time has come. I'm going to leave. No, I'm leaving. Do you he's like, Sergio, baby? Sergio. Let's, let's just, can we try it one more time? And Sergio's like, no, too late. I'm going to go play with Leo. I feel like something like that's happened because when you look at how Pep was and you look at how Aguero was, it's totally, two totally different perspective on this, this scenario. Pep looks like the guy that is begged him to stay and he's going. Whereas Kun is like, I'm off. You know what I mean? You've made your decision. You said to me before, and I'm going, I'm going to Barcelona. I think maybe it's one of those where they, are, maybe they actually do really get on well and they've gelled really well, but maybe it was a footballing decision and maybe Pep is genuinely upset about it where he's just like, I wish I didn't have to do this, but I've kind of like, it's like, a, <laughs> it's like Mourinho in there, all or nothing. Yes. You know? I had to sacrifice Winks for the sake of the family. Jose <laughs> <laughs> Corleone. But like, but maybe it does, maybe it hurts that much. You don't, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm always a bit like, I mean, Pep is a, I like Pep, but he's a nerd, right? And he's a bit of a weirdo. And I, I think that's, that's great in some aspects, but I do wonder whether sometimes you just get so much like Moose always talks about it, like, you know, he's just in his lab so mm-hmm. much. Yeah. He's just a bit like, man, this is how it works. And he strikes me as the kind of person who might actually forget about the, the emotional side yeah. of football yeah. sometimes. Until in the moment. In the yeah, moment, yeah. he totally, yeah. 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 Because, yeah, and but the, right. It's like the numbers work. This is how we want to yeah. play football and blah, 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 blah. And yeah. I think that the decision for Aguero 
I don't think it's a, I think it's one of those that actually, I think it, even though it's sad, it could be the right thing for both club and player. I think City will be fine. They've proved that they can do without him at points this season. Yeah, but right. I, I have to agree with Musa to a certain extent. There's a certain amount of time. Yes, you can play like that, but people mm. will find you out. Yeah, yeah, you, you they do will. need that yeah, guy. They need to, and every year they need to kind of like evolve in some sense. And mm-hmm. You never know. What if they get Harry Kane? We're not talking about this anymore. So it's like, you know, I don't think Haaland will go this season. I don't think Sancho will go this season. But if they get Kane, it's kind of win-win for everyone then. Kane's doing some kind of like, he's doing moves. If he was in, if he was in a, a nightclub, he'd be doing the kind of moves where you're saying, he knows something. The way Kane is moving at the moment, he knows something, man, because... Man is moving with knowledge. Man's moving with knowledge, bro. Be- simply because the way he's saying bye, the, the, the way he's hugging, players were hugging him the other day, there was, he was, it, something's happening. And for him to say as well, right, you know, I don't want to go too much into Kane because we've done it before, but... Yeah, yeah. I, it, it just feels like he knows. They all know, man. They all know. They all know something. We don't know. They all know something we don't know. There you go. I mean, it was like that though when you were playing. Like, it was, think of the amount of times where you would know something, you players in the dressing room would know something and no mm. one else would know about it. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like it's right just with Levy. But like, anyway, we've done that before. Yeah. But anyway, what, final day, Liverpool final into day. the Champions League. Yes. Wasn't it nice to have two, pre- two Premier League match days but like every fixture had fans back? Yes. It made the experience so much better. It did. And what it made, honestly, you do, it's different with them there. I know, man. Even with like 20% of them in stadiums, mm. it shows how you important know, they are. You know what? Like, I'm just so glad that some people got to see their team mm. at the end of the season. Yeah, I'm delighted. I'm delighted for Leeds. I'm gutted for yeah. the Sheffield United of this world because they needed them. Yeah, they, needed really their, they needed their fans ages ago. You, you could almost, I tell you when I knew that it was, it was finished for Sheffield United. When we came back from lockdown, it was Villa, Sheffield United. They scored a perfectly good goal where the goalkeeper fell in the fucking net with the ball. No. Do you know when I, when I knew it was done for Jesus Sheffield United? Jesus Christ. When? I knew it was done for Sheffield United when you and me did a Premier League look ahead. Mm. And you were like, I know it's only 12 points. <laughs> <laughs> but I can say. I could feel something. I, could, I, I, I can feel it a little bit. I think, and I was just like, they're done. They're, they're done. done. And That's they don't it. know it. They don't know it. They don't know it. It's like, it's like. <laughs> Even when I was on match of the day, I tried to do a rallying call for them. I tried to do it. It's like when Tommy goes off to get made in Goodfellas. It's done. Yeah. It's done. He's not coming back. He's not coming that back. That is exactly what it was. I thought that, you know what I mean? It wasn't going to be that. You know what I mean? It's going to get made. I thought I could have given Sheffield United a rallying call on match of the day saying, I'm the only pundit who's going to say, yes, come on, Sheffield. We've yes, had, we've, all, we've all had a bad run this season. And my hot take. That was my massively, that was my, that was my volcano take. Yeah, you had the, uh, I'm getting a Leicester vibe off Villa one as well. That was a good one. Oh, did you get, did you get, did you like that? <laughs> no, I, like, I think that was like episode one of Writer's House as well. I'm getting <laughs> a like, Leicester vibe off Villa. Welcome to my podcast. I'm getting a Leicester vibe off really. And everyone's just like, <laughs> unsubscribe. <laughs> but the thing is, everybody goes about uh, like Moose's hot takes. Mine are just like, they're like, they're cosmic takes. I want them to come for me. No, the thing about, like, I love about your takes like that though is that it's more like, it's a, it's a love thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, I want them to do this. I want, I want them to it get I'm trying like, to. I'm trying to wish yeah, it into existence. Yeah, yeah. Whereas my hot take, we had a question really early on in the season from someone on the Stadio mailbag and it was just like, each give a hot take for the season. And mm. Moose's was, I think Barcelona can win the league. Mm. Which wasn't, that, it was quite, quite lukewarm for him. And uh, mine was, I think Arsenal are going to qualify for the Champions League. <laughs> but if you think about it, we had, Arsenal weren't a million miles off. Yes. What's it like doing the final day, match of the day? The final day is how it normally happens before the, the, um, the, pan- the pandemic in this particular one, what we've done the last one. Because what happens is, is that you've got all the games on the, these, these screens. So you've got two mm-hmm. massive screens where you'll watch the two main games, what they want, what they pick for the day. So was, um, it, like, was that Leicester Spurs, so it Chelsea? Was, so w- I had Chelsea Villa. Mm-hmm. and Alan had Liverpool Palace. And then we could see the rest of the teams up there. So what happens is, as you're watching, right, you watch that game, and you know what it's like? You look over to the Liverpool game, 
and then you can, and then you see your stuff. Then you say to them, yeah, I want to do this. I want to do that. And then you see something happening in that game up there and this game up here. But because you know the outcome, so really all they wanted to really focus on was what happens with Chelsea because it was Chelsea, Leicester and Liverpool. Liverpool. So yeah. those games, if you watch, when you watched it, those were all intertwined. So they showed a bit of that one, then it jumped to that one, then it jumped to that one. And then when, we, when the, all of them finished, then we spoke about them individually. Mm. And then you go, and so it was, it was, that's how you normally do it. You watch two games and the rest of them like that. But it was really strange doing it like that for this one because you just weren't used to the consumption of it like it normally is. One game. Spread out so much. Yeah, it's one game live, the next game live, the next game live, and the next game live, which is something that, as, as, as much as I love football, it's very difficult to take in that much football. I think that's been one of the main factors in the fatigue this season, mm-hmm. the spread of the games. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually good for fans to not have football on every single night. I think it's quite, quite good. Fans mm-hmm. need a break as well. And it was the, that was the great, I think the great thing about the last couple of weeks is having all the final day fixtures condensed into one kickoff yeah. time. Like in Germany, for example, on Sky in Germany, they had all the Premier League games at the same time and they would cut between them all depending mm-hmm. on what was happening. Yeah which is the, they do their thing called the conference, the, the Bundesliga thing, where they yeah. just, you can watch on a Saturday afternoon, the 3.30 kickoffs and they'll do that. And they'll just be like, goal in Dortmund, goal here. And they'll cut around. And they had a thing on the, um, on the we, we mentioned it on Stadio, but for the, because Serie A and League uh, kicked off a quarter of an hour apart on Sunday night. On zone in Germany, they had a combined Serie A, League, League uh, goal zone. Mm. So they would, one minute they'd be in Napoli, Next minute, they'd be at the Lille game mm. and then they'd be PSG and then they'd be wow. AC Milan. It Brilliant. was amazing. I'd was love so to watch good. it like that. I'd it's love so to watch good, it man. like that. Because it really feels like... You're everywhere. You're, bam, bam, every, bam. And it's like, oh no, this has happened and now let's cut back here and like, oh my God, this has happened now. So the way that it was happening live, I mean, the main thing for me was, I think the Leicester Spurs game. Mm. Because God, what a weird game. It was a really strange, strange game, and I game. and I have to confess, I didn't, I haven't seen much of the day, so mm. I don't know what you guys talked about it on uh, on there. But the handball thing for Kane's oh, goal, crazy, is it's crazy. We we spoke about that. What did you say? I mean, I don't want you to repeat word for word, obviously, mm-hmm. what you said on match of the day, but like I mean, it was, it, you know what? And again, it's one of those rules that you just think to yourself, you're making it up because what they said with the handball ride was because Harry Kane, so. It's gone through. Harry Kane's flicked it up. It's hit his hand, mm-hmm. right? And in any other, that's handball. It was handball. It should have been yeah. handball. You go to vice handball. They said, because I said, Al, I'm not explaining that. You explain that. They said, because it wasn't the player who scored the goal, it was okay. And I thought, you know what? I'm done. Thank you very much. Good night. Because I thought it was just, uh, I mean, but the thing is, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's just, it's just, uh, the thing that's really up. confusing about it is just like, it is super confusing. So it's like no one really understands anymore. But with a goal of that, like if Spurs don't score that one, Importance. I don't think they get the third. No. I know that this, uh, you know, season is 38 games long and blah, 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 blah. And the whole, it evens himself out and all this. Doesn't, right? Not still, in this season. Not with still, the decision they've been making. But no. still, like, having. Being in or out of the Champions League based on a decision like that, I think is just like kind of heartbreaking. For Leicester, no. it is. Yeah. Um, and you know what I said about Leicester as well today on the show? I said, of course, people will say, yes, they have failed on the last day of the season again. But when you look at the, the toll that the injuries had on that team, for them to stay, mm. I think they were only out of the top four for something like 11 days or something. Mm. Something ridiculous. They've done everything to be a top four team. For Leicester to break into the top four with the monies that they're able to spend on players and what they're capable of doing, for Leicester to do it now for the second season and fall on the last day of the season again simply because the, 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 the injuries, it absolutely decimated them at this stage. It finished them. You look at Liverpool and Liverpool, with the quality they've got, they were able and they had, you can't say that luck didn't play a part. They threw um, Alisson up and said, listen, here's the last throw of the dice. And he's got them double six and they've taken that momentum and they've gone through because of the quality that they've got and they've seen it through, right? But Leicester, losing Evans when they lost Evans, losing Fafana 
losing Harvey Barnes, you know, they lost Madison for a major part of the season, lost Marvin, lost James Justin, they lost Pereira for a while, they lost integral players mm. and it cost them in yeah, the end. Yeah. But they've won the FA Cup, right? And they've missed out again just by the skin of their teeth. But they should not be despondent. I agree. I think this is one of those things that if the FA Cup final happens Saturday and they win it, mm. the, the season feels different even though the outcome is the same. Yeah, you're right. This is a shame about that so, so many of the domestic cup competition finals being played before the end of the season because of fixture con- congestion. Mm. I think FA Cup finals should always be the always last game. Always be the last game of the season. season. Yeah. When I was a kid, that's what, was, that's what it was. Um, I mean, any major talking points from the final day of season? Apart from, I mean, it's just, I think Liverpool, for example, I think the fact that they got back in is unbelievable. Right, with everything that's happened with Liverpool, especially with, yes, Mo Salah still ended up with his 22 goals. Mane ended up, you know what I mean, getting them to where they needed to be, you know, because I was reading uh, stuff earlier on where fans were having a go at Mane. Couldn't believe it. Especially when you look at the the amount of time that it took Firmino to get going and Mane Mm -hmm. for major parts of the season, last season, and the season before when they've only missed out by one point what that man has done for that club, for him to get the stick he was getting, I don't believe it. I think that must be bots. There's no way Liverpool fans will be having a go at that man. Mm. Um, He came to the fore again when they've needed him, scored a couple of goals um, to finish it off. But I'd have to say with Jurgen Klopp and what Liverpool have gone through as well, you know, when you're starting, when you start the season, you think, oh my God, the way Liverpool decimated everybody, the 20, like hammering everybody. You know, this is why City have to get credit because they got knocked they got knocked down. They City got up like Tyson Fury against fucking Deontay Wilder. That's how City got up, right? And then went on to do what they've done, right? But Liverpool, with the season that they had, every key player for Liverpool that could have been injured got injured. Mm. And they still, at the end of the day, found something to get them into the Champions League. Now, they will learn so much from this season. What more can happen to you? Yeah, if you're going to talk about yeah. the worst possible scenario, Ryan, you'd have to say that happened to Liverpool this season and mm-hmm. they still finished third. And they've got Ibrahim Akanate coming in from RB Leipzig. I'm hearing that he's the guy. a big signing. There's been a lot of noise, obviously, around Obamacano. Mm. Out of the two, Kanate was my fave for a long while. He got injured and then Obamacano yeah. kind of took the, took the kind of prominence, but mm. I still think he's got the potential to be one of the best centre-backs around. So. It's a great signing, huh? Lewandowski, he's got to get some flowers. It's funny because I'm giving him flowers because obviously the goals, he broke um, Gerd mm. Muller's record. But the thing is what you've got to understand that Gerd Muller is somebody that was my idol when I was younger, yeah. right? And then, Ryan, then... Here we go, everyone. I found out that Gerd Muller has the same birthday as me. Oh. Right? I literally, it, it, took me, it took me somewhere else. When I found out that Gerd Muller is born on the 3rd of November as well. I mean, anyone who, uh, you know, you never, you, you never really know, obviously, who, who is aware of, of certain legends like that. But if, if any younger listeners are listening and they're not aware of Gerd Muller, go and look yeah. up a YouTube video. The greatest goal scorer. De Bomber. De Bomber. You know, with amazing. that, you know, he, 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 the mustache. He, up, 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 up front for that, that all conquering Bayern Munich team with, the, with the great German Kaiser. German well, honestly. And Lewandowski, right, with, you know, you, when you watch him, you always, that, that, guy's, that guy's amazing. I was so disappointed when he got injured in the game yeah. before he played England because I was thinking, that is the test that I want to see them two at the back and our guys holding midfielders, uh, how they deal with a player yeah. of that calibre. You know, when you look at Lewandowski, Lewandowski's gone into the place. You know that when you go into, there's not many people in there. It's, it's like a, you know, where, where Ronaldo, where, where Messi, Ronaldo go, where, where the top guys go. It's like getting a Nando's black card. That's exactly, thank you. Thank you very much. How do I get one of those? Like How one of those do things I get that it's like, it's like, you become almost like mythical. Because they go somewhere else with their yeah. preparation, with their, you know, with their, investment in themselves and what they're capable of doing because look at how old is he now right he's 32 32 he looks 26 and this is the thing about Lewandowski there's two things that I'd say about him so like I really don't think people understand how big a deal this is 
honestly. Like to break a 49-year record, mm. Bundesliga goal-scoring record, in a season that has 34 match days. Jesus. You know, not 38. And he missed five of them. Once Jesus. he was on the bench and he was injured for four. So he did this in 29 games. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like put it, put it this way, Andre Silva for Eintracht Frankfurt mm. scored 28 goals this season. 28 fucking goals in the league in a 34-game season. Mm-hmm. How many people do you think who don't really watch the Bundesliga too much will be massively aware of Andre Silva's season this season? No, no, not me. No. And no. this is the thing, like, Erling Haaland got 27. And obviously he's young, so it's like, this is amazing. But no, no one's really talking about their goal scoring, which is unbelievable because of Lewandowski's record. And the fact that he got it in the 90th minute wow. of the final game of the season as well. Gosh. And the goal scrappy as hell well, scrappy as hell Leroy Sané has a shot uh, deflected but uh, kind of sp- spilled out by the keeper Lewandowski's right there and yeah. you can tell he's just like this is my chance he'd already had nine goes on goal in the game like mm. everyone was trying to lay it on a plate from a gas yeah. and he managed to do it right yeah, at the end when it's meant to happen bro because I, yeah. I have to say I'm not, I'm not trying to upstage Le- Bobby Lev but um, I remember with, the, with the, the goal for Brighton to break the Arsenal record you know what I mean? It was, it's the easiest goal I've ever scored yeah. probably in my life. When it's meant to happen, I suppose it happens. And, you know, but like, this is, again, like I said, I wanted to give him flowers because when I was younger, Gerd Muller, like, he's a god to me. Yeah. So to find out he's on the, the same day and then Lewandowski's broken his record, you have to, he has to get flowers simply because if we're really going to go into, because, you know, people talk about these legends and they kind of, it's used the word legend and icon very loosely, but Gerd mm-hmm. Muller is that. That's exactly mm-hmm. what Gerd Muller is. Yeah, 100%. And, and I mean, if you think like Lewandowski was the top goal scorer last season with 34. Mm. He was also the top goal scorer before that with 22 and the season before that. Apart from Lewandowski in the last two seasons, before that, so Dieter Muller got um, yeah. 34 goals in 1977 for Cologne. The next player to score 30 goals in a Bundesliga season came in 2015-16, and that was Lewandowski. So the only two players who have hit 30 goals in a Bundesliga season since, since Dieter Müller back in the 70s were Robert Lewandowski and one other player. Have a guess who that other player is. Um, He's a very good pal of yours. A really good pal of mine. Mm-hmm. In the Bundesliga? Played in the Bundesliga. I don't know. Pierre. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. He's the only, only him and Lewandowski have hit 30 goals in the Bundesliga since Dieter Müller in 1977. Jesus Christ. So this is what I mean. This isn't something that just like happens. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's go. amazing. So flowers for him. Flowers, flowers for, him. for him. Bobby Lev. Calling Robert Lewandowski Bob is like when people call Robert De Niro Bob. It's true. And you're like, I can't imagine going up to Robert De Niro and being like, hey, Bob. Hey, Bob. Hey, no, nah, man. Hey, Bobby. Yeah, you could. You could call him Bobby I don't know. Yeah, but I wouldn't want It's like the first time I met you. What did you I was just like, do I call you Ian or do I call you Righty? Just call me Righty, man. And stop being, <laughs> stop being that, that guy, man. Not being a nerd. You've been a nerd for, man. I mean, there's no need to nerd shame me, You're so respectful. I didn't even know you was an Arsenal fan. I know. Well, I was, you know, I thought, was yeah, he's just like, he's a, he's not, he can't be Arsenal fan. Man's not even, I'm not saying that I needed to be a fuss made of, but man's not even asked me anything. It's just like, he's not, I, when I left, I said, Roscoe, you ain't no Arsenal fan. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, props to Lewandowski. What a guy. And uh, imagine if he, <laughs> imagine if he played those five games. Exactly. He'd have blasted my guy. He'd have I mean, he may have been rested, you know, at other times, but still, uh, all change in Germany though. Yes. So man. next, next year is going to be fun, man. Hopefully you'll be able to come out. Um, <laughs> the Hundesliga. Um, the the Not Hundesliga. The, the Ryan Hundersliga. Come see your boy, Ryan Munich. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, before we go, can I just mention, um, I had a chat with um, Frank Kirby and Emma yeah, Hayes. And I'm doing, um, I'm so excited because I'm doing um, the, Emma Hayes is on the ITV panel for the world, Amazing. for the Euros. And I'm so excited because she's so knowledgeable, bro. You're going to get stalled. So, long. and <laughs> the thing is, gonna get honestly, man, she is the one, her and Casey Stoney are my like, my, my up there, that's, I look up to those ladies, bro. But like Frank Kirby, you know, it's great chatting to her, player of the season with everything yeah. what she's been through and that. And Emma Hayes, you know, even though obviously it was 
what Barcelona did is only going to, um, like, it's only going to just fuel her even more, you know, to be the great, the greatness that she's going to go on to be. I'm telling you, she's going to be, she's going to be doing it, but she, her and Frank Kirby, the props, man. You know, yeah. I'm just giving them flowers. I'm giving them a rose because like they're, they're wonderful ladies blasting from the front, man. Blasting yeah, from the front. Absolute dons. Dons of the game. Dons man. of the game. I liked Emma Hayes's. Yeah, you know, I, what he, she said something like, I think, I, I think the world of you or something. Even no, though even you're though a you're a gooner, I love you. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. And, and I, honestly, I love Emma Hayes, bro. She's I amazing, love Emma man. Hayes. She's amazing. And before we go, Rise, just mentioning the ladies there, I've got to say, now that we, Arsenal as a club, we're out of um, of Europe. They better be making sure that those ladies are playing at the Emirates in those Champions League games. They better make sure because I know Champions that Champions League nights at the Emirates. Champions man. League nights at the Emirates. The ladies have brought it to us. They're saving face for our club. So I'm ho- I'm hoping that that is something that's that's done. It should be done. It shouldn't even be something that, that they're asking. Simply because I believe that we'll get twenty five, thirty thousand people there, and yeah, they deserve too. that. And they should subsidise the the other tickets as well, like free, you know, I think like Absolutely. Free, free tickets to kids, get them in there. Get or, them in there. Get them in there. Get those girls playing there, man. I'll be there watching. With a new coach. I know. Exciting. it's going to be. I know. Exciting. Listen, Ray, I'm going to leave you now. You know, I know it was our kind of, our kind of touching on the England Euro squad, but you know, we'll do it. We'll do it when it happens, Ray. We'll do it next week. We'll do it when it happens, bro. But thanks very much, man. No worries, man. Much thanks love. for coming in the yard. No worries, anytime. I'll see you soon. See you in the group. Thanks for coming, man. I love you, man. Love you, see man. you in the group for a hot take. Oh, yes. All right. Okay, so just want to say thank you to my guest, Ryan Hun, the Hunmeister, the Hundesliga, <laughs> Ryan Munich. He's got more names than Apollo Creed. <laughs> Listen, um, we're going to be doing some writing's house in uh, for the Euros, so join us for that. Should be good fun. And I'd just like to say at this point, you know, thanks for everybody listening up to this point. Stay safe, um, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye.